Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Gielen. And I'm Connor Flattery. This is our 81st official episode. James Harden is a Brooklyn Net. You got the shirt on. Uh, you know, we're both New Yorkers. Neither of us are Nets fans, but this is this is big for, for us, for our city, and for the league as a whole. But don't mistake it. Like I'm not. I'm not. We're ha- both Knicks fans. I'm not happy. We're not going to pull a Nick Mars in. <laughs> Shout out to our last episode. If you know, you know. But this this shit rocked my world <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, my brother on my way home from school today. He just asked me, "What do you think of the James Harden trade?" And I was like, "Well, where should I start?" I said, "I said what team? What for what team?" Because there, there's four teams. There's like so many moving pieces. And, and I, I told them, I just like, that's too general of a question. You got to break it down. Like, I got to break it down for you. You got to ask me something more specific. So I guess that's what we're here to do. Analyze it. Yes, it, it. It's sort of an emergency episode 24 hours later, but, <laughs> but here we go. Yeah. So let's start with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. This, in my opinion, I've seen pros and cons. For the pro, you get a top five player in the NBA. For the sure. con, um, not only do you eradicate your bench, but you also... There's an argument of, oh, there's only one ball. You have three ISO-heavy players. How is this going to work? Let me let me, let me me push back on your first point, which is, and, and this is not just you saying, like, the eradicated bench, you have no depth thing now. The point that the, that the Brooklyn Nets sacrificed a lot of depth to make this trade happen, I think is a bit overstated. As in, I think that people are putting too much emphasis on the value they gave up in terms of players. Um when the real value in this trade, in my opinion, is in the picks. So, obviously, okay, Karis LeVert is a great young player and a great scorer and has had a had a potential, you know, he, he could have been the guy coming off the bench and running this the second unit for the Nets this year with Spencer Dinwiddie out and, and whatever. But it is objectively, like, it's just a truth of the universe that, that James Harden is an upgrade from Karis LeVert, right? Yeah. So let's just ignore the fact that they gave up Karis LeVert for a second. The next big piece that they gave up is obviously Jared Allen. This is the one where you concede something. But to call it depth, I think, is a little bit funky. Because Jared Allen, as the last five or so games, wasn't actually coming off the bench anymore. He was starting. And so, I think, if anything, Jared Allen was an important kind of cornerstone of this team, particularly on defense. And so, I'm not sure it's so much depth or that they were giving something up off their bench, but I think they gave up their best defender. So, I don't... But that's, okay, of course it's depth because then you're giving up two players for the price of one, right? Okay, sure. But then when you talk about Rodney Kuroks and and, and, uh, and Torian Prince, like people are looking at like, okay, they give up four players for one. I think think that's where the depth thing is coming (laughs) coming from. But Torian Prince hasn't been good this year and Kuroks more often than not doesn't crack the rotation. Um, So I think the depth thing is being a little bit overstated. And so as good as the players that they gave up are as individuals, um... You got back James Harden. That's not the problem here, yeah, in my opinion. But the problem, the the reason depth comes into play is because the Nets already were becoming increasingly less and less deep. Whether you have Kyrie True. out of the rotation for whatever reason, or you also have Spencer Dinwiddie, their sixth man of the year candidate, out for the season. Yeah. So they were already, you know, getting a little thinner, and now they just got a little bit more thinner. Their best bench player in in, in a healthy Brooklyn Nets team, where Kyrie Irving is playing, which is not always going to be the case, their best bench player is Bruce Brown or Jeff Green. And that's yeah. that's not great. And there's a there's a significant drop-off from Jeff Green to the next guy, who's yeah. probably Timothy Luau Cabarro. Yeah, well, 
one thing that I saw that, and I read, I read the Zach Lowe ESPN article on this trade, which is worth the read if you if you haven't read it. But um, most people probably have. He's a, he's a beast, <laughs> nerd, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> but anyway, Zach Lowe phrased it as the the Brooklyn Nets will dominate the buyout market, which basically just means if there's anybody who's sitting in free agency waiting to get picked up by a team, they will come sign for the Brooklyn Nets on a minimum contract. Also, they do have their mid level exception, which goes around. million dollars which Mm -hmm. could get you know a solid 3d player exactly so the the biggest thing here is is that deandre jordan has become their starting center for me okay so i I get i get the bench thing and in in yeah that's not ideal that you kind of don't have a second unit um i don't think it matters to some extent because they're never going to struggle to score as long as one of Kyrie, kevin durant or james harden is on the court so so I think for a lot of teams, you have to worry about what happens when the second unit comes on. Where do you get your scoring from? That's not a concern for this team. The big concern is that they don't have defense in the starting lineup or on the bench. Kevin Durant is a good defender when he really puts his mind to it. We saw that in Golden State. But at the same time, um, you know, he's coming off the injury. We don't know how much effort he wants to put in on the defensive end. I would put money on, though, that with James Harden here and when, when Kyrie is back on the court, that... Kevin Durant's gonna have some more energy for the defensive end of the ball. So that's one. That's one good defender. I'll also Call, argue. Don't don't forget DeAndre Jordan is a defensive player of the year. Yes. Yes. So if if, if Marcus Gasol at this age in his career can still be a plus defender, why agreed. can't DeAndre Jordan? No, I I, I agree with that. The, DeAndre Jordan is is washed. Like, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it like pretty blunt. The the reason <laughs> the reason that DeAndre Jordan is a starting center on this team is because. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant love him, like, as a person, uh, even more than as a player. Um, and so part of the reason that he's starting is, is because they want to keep their two stars healthy. And so DeAndre Jordan has kind of become a part of, like, the big four of this team. And, and maybe you include Joe Harris in that because of how much they paid him this offseason. Um, I think I think they're going to trade Joe Harris, by the way. I think they're going to trade him for, for, like... I don't get, know why you would. Because, because you overpay him enough to, to where you can get rid of that salary and acquire, like three separate guys who are making you know like six seven million dollars a year yeah the the only thing is is how perfectly joe harris fits with any with any team right and so, and so for a team that otherwise has big personalities and guys who need the ball i think having joe harris in the starting lineup is pretty perfect um go back to the defense like i the losing jared allen is i think i think it's a concern right because I, I, I'm penciling, I, I, I penciled this team in for the finals before the season, and I'm still doing it right now. Like, I think it's going to be a Lakers-Nets finals. Could the Bucs, could the Celtics, could the Sixers put up a fight? Absolutely. But I think that the Nets were and still are the favorites to make the finals, in my opinion. Um, who guards Anthony Davis? If you're putting your money on DeAndre Jordan guarding Anthony Davis, I think you're in trouble. Um, the only saving grace is really, like, well, who are the Lakers going to put on Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant? Like, I think it goes both ways. Um, I agree. I, I think I, it definitely goes both so ways. To some extent, I, really, this is going to be a really interesting question. You know, you hear the, the thing like defense wins championships. We have never seen in the history of the NBA, I don't think, an offense that is this loaded. Absolutely. I, I think that this is the best top three we've seen in the history of the NBA. Sure. I, and, and that's coming from a Warriors honorary fan fan who's like like Steph Curry and yeah. likes Kevin Durant I think that this in terms of talent not in terms of future achievements or whatever but if you were talking about the top three guys just as good basketball players yeah. this this beats the Bulls 
This beats the LeBron Miami Heat. And this beats the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant, Steph, and Klay Thompson. Because, honestly, Kevin Durant this this year, even after his injury, looks like the Kevin Durant from two years ago. Um, James Harden is pretty equivalent to Steph Curry. And Kyrie Irving just is is overall, quote-unquote, like better basketball player than Klay. Because, you know, he's, can, he can create his own shot as well. Sure. So, th- it's pretty historic. The fact that we've probably seen, like, the two most talented big threes in the in the seventy year history of the NBA, we've seen both in the past what five years, five yeah. years, three years. I feel like we're spoiled. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's definitely like the super team, like concentrated talent thing is very real. Now there's there's the jokes going around like, oh, you need this team to beat a thirty six year old LeBron. You can't you can't like penalize the the Nets for making this move. Like they had the opportunity to do it, and I think you have to take it. And I'll get back to that in a second. Uh, the other thing is. Does this go back to making Kevin Durant the supervillain? You know, because because he went to the Warriors and he made the super team, and does this bring back that narrative? Honestly, I can totally see this narrative right? rising yeah. up again because, well, I don't think it'll be necessarily concentrated on just him mm-hmm. as it was in Golden State because in Golden State it was his decision. He didn't get traded or anything. It was his decision to go. I think the hate actually might be directed more at James Harden. I feel like that could totally happen because. So, because some idiots are going to be like, you didn't win with seven years in Houston Rockets when they gave you an all-star every year and you didn't do anything. You have to have two all-NBA players around you in order to win. Um, And combine that with his off-court antics and him flopping and everything and drawing fouls. No, James Harden could very easily become the new supervillain. I see that. Absolutely. I see that. Because, never forget, ESPN is owned by Disney. They, they sell stories. They tell stories. That's how they make their money. Interesting. And, and the other thing I, I, I want to get back to is, is so Kevin Durant, if, if, we're, if you're going with this narrative about like him and the super teams, I think on the, on the other hand, you have to give him a lot of credit. And Zach Lowe phrased this way as the most malleable superstar in the history of the NBA. Like you have to give Kevin Durant so much credit for being a top five player in the league, uh, for being one of the best scorers of all time. In for fitting absolutely perfectly on a team with uh, and the Golden State Warriors, and then hopefully on this Nets team as well. That that is a skill set that not many other superstars yeah. could pull off. That you can kind of just put them with whoever else and it will work. So when you're talking about the fit for the Brooklyn Nets, which is obviously a real concern, that and the defense are the two biggest things. And then we'll get to the picks in a second. Those are the two biggest things for today. Is the picks? Uh, sorry, is the is the fit in the defense? You don't have any questions about James about yeah. Kevin Durant will fit. Yeah. It becomes out of the James Harden Kyrie Irving thing. I I also think people forget Kyrie Irving was like maybe the best second option in the NBA for th- 2 to 3 years, you know. But and, and like I understand he went away Exactly. But like okay, he went away to go do that, but he still signed in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant. Yeah. So th- this was already a non-issue to start with. So I think it's not even like a mentality question because if it was a mentality question, he wouldn't have voluntarily gone to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant when Kevin Durant's, you know, just the the better basketball player. So I understand that second being second fiddle is a lot different than being third fiddle, yeah. but they're both not being first fiddle. So I don't think you should consider Kyrie's original statement of, oh, I want to be the first option. I think he's he's worked phenomenally besides LeBron James. 
and he's gotten his. He knew when LeBron to get theirs. I think he can do the exact same thing with Kevin Durant and James Harden. Sure. Um, the only issue is James Harden. <laughs> I it's 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 maybe a personality thing more than more than an on court thing. But, but yeah, but but like you started to say, I think the problem with James Harden is is he's been playing one style of basketball for the last however many years in Houston, and for him to come in now to to Brooklyn to play with two other superstars who are both you know twenty five plus point per game guys. How is he going to make that adjustment? Honestly, I think I think people are overreacting to this. I think people are saying okay. there are too many cooks. There's only one basketball. They're all going to be dribbling every possession. Honestly, dude, this roster, again, I know you're, you're going to react, but this roster is not deep to where... No, that, uh, that's true. Yeah, that's where, true. To where it's not deep. you're going to have to spread their minutes out to where at least one of them is on the court at, at all times. Yeah. And the only time where all three of them are going to be on the court is the first five minutes of the game and the last five minutes of the game. Yeah. The the 38 minutes in between that, there aren't going to be too many cooks. It's just going to be like if LeBron and Kyrie are on the court or if Anthony Davis and LeBron are on the court, you know? So it, it's just, it's not going to be three chefs. It's most of the time going to be two. And at, at the end of the crunch time, it's sure it's going to take them 10 or 20 games to really figure that out. But I think they will once they do that, because hell, all three of them are, are like top five shot makers in the league. And so it's just whoever has the hot hand. I remember Kyrie Irving at the beginning of the season was was like or, or Kevin Durant. Um, when someone asked who's taking the last shot, you or Kyrie, it's like, like, come whoever's on, dude. Hot. Yeah, yeah, who's ever hot? Like we're, we're both killers. It's just who's, yeah. who's ever hot. That yeah, night. no, it's gonna be that, great. that's a, that's a good point. The the only other thing is like. Okay, so so I, I agree with you that, that they won't all be on the court at the same time, right? And so there's 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 not that's not so much of of a problem I think as some people think it is, um, but it's just so drastically different. And there's this team has a winning culture, and like is a thing without James Harden, right? Like it has an identity and it has a system without that in place without James Harden in Dude, it. Dude, no, it doesn't. They've played ten games together. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, when James Harden isn't on the court, like this team like exists. Whereas like the Houston Rockets, like their entire system is okay. James okay, Harden okay. takes fifteen step back threes a game, and if they're going and they win, and if they aren't, they lose. But honestly, dude, I think I don't. I get the feeling from James Harden, even if he does party or whatever. I think that he is a team player, which mm-hmm. sounds a little bizarre. But I think when I what I say when I say team player, I think. He genuinely does want to win. In the in the press conference yesterday, he was like, "Look, man, I've done everything I can to win yep. us a championship." And I think after twenty or thirty games, which again, it's not going to happen right away. It'll take half the season for it to happen. But I think he'll buy in to, "Oh, um, okay, two time NBA MVP Steve Nash, yeah. you think this is what I should do? Like, I'll I'll try it out." And and even even if like I know him and Chris Paul butted heads because he wasn't you know as open to that. But I think having you know two of the top fifteen players in the league, and and you know like a a coach that has a very strong pedigree, not just some guy off the street. I think that that'll actually, you know, help him. The other question is how does Steve Nash handle this? Yeah, the I, I was actually I, I don't know. I think Steve Nash should do a fine job. They brought in Steve Nash basically to be a personality manager, not a head coach, uh, is the way that I look at it. Because I don't think he's an X's and O's guy. I think he's a guy that has a great understanding for the game of basketball and knows how to run a locker room. So I think that, I think that that'll be okay. But there, to some extent, there's also only so much he can do. He's not that much older than these guys, and these guys have the same like basketball 
greatness factor that he does. So to some extent, like if if like these guys have won MVP. So if, if they if they didn't have a single MVP on the team, right, and, and Steve Nash had won too, like there's a there's a level of respect you have to give him. Whereas I'm sure these guys view themselves as the same or greater than Steve Nash. Um but but I think what it really comes down to is more than anything, I think this team's like like people are like way overreacting to how like the problems of this team. The one thing that we need to be talking more about is what the hell is going on with Kyrie Irving not playing games? When is he going to be back? And does this this thing about like his antics, does that have anything to do with the James Harden trade? Is there a chance that his personal issues that he wasn't talking about was because he knew this was happening? Because he knew this was going to be coming? I, that, that's, a, that's a Mike Korzemba conspiracy right there. <laughs> but I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I also don't really foresee Kyrie Irving being off the court having you yeah. know like kind of rupturing the locker room which honestly if I was his teammate I think it would rupture the locker room but in terms of like with Kevin Durant now nah, I feel like because I feel like Kevin Durant is of the same pl- is of the same mentality of like player empowerment I'm gonna do what I want to do no matter what we're basketball players off the court or, or we're, we're people off the court we're not just basketball players yeah so I personally don't think he'll be affected by it James Harden is all for doing whatever he wants <laughs> off the court. Um, Brooklyn's about to Brooklyn's out about to get busy. You, I, I have some establishments in Brooklyn to invest in if if you would like. But I, <laughs> I, I think I, I think I catch your drift. But I think in general, I don't think the Kyrie Irving situation has to do anything with this. Okay, I think it's, it's just him being independent and or irresponsible the other the other other conspiracy theory which you don't have to go into is some people are saying that it might have something to do with that he's unhappy with what steve nash is doing that he doesn't like the coaching i don't know there you could go we could go all day about like what's going on with Kyrie irving and it's weird i want to really quickly uh, just say really quickly which is i i saw somebody say this somewhere and i really like their take on what's going on which is Kyrie has every right to go out and do this right if if he wants to do that fine whatever he doesn't have any right to come back and get mad at his teammate for not running back on defense or for not going a thousand percent in practice. Like he loses some of his credibility and some of his leadership position by doing this. I don't really think he is. I don't know. Like, I don't really think he has like the right to like, you know, go out, like, like go out if he's not like, you know, penalized for his job. Like that doesn't work with like any other job. Yeah, like yeah. if your boss tells you to do something, and, and well, you, we don't and know don't what do personal it. reasons are. I guess is yeah, the, yeah, is yeah, the yeah, other yeah, thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. Like I can't judge him, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I yeah, I guess that makes sense. It undermines the credibility a little bit. So I, I'm saying like like maybe this is oh, maybe they forgive him, right? But 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 no matter no matter what the situation is, like he can't. He doesn't have the right to like, like come back and like then then not and, and like try to hold his teammates accountable when he's not having the same level of accountability. Um, that's where that's where this. So there's, there's a lot of moving parts that are going around, but I think on the court, the, the Brooklyn Nets are just a better team today than they were yesterday. And that's what it comes down to. Last thing, are the Nets in the NBA Finals this year? Yes, I, I, I think so. I would have said that before this. I think the there, there are like threats, right? Like the Celtics are playing well, but maybe the biggest threat is like, could the 76ers put something together? Like that's really dangerous, I think. But no, I'm going to say that the Brooklyn Nets are the most likely team. I think that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be in the finals. Before this trade, I would have said the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. So this is me declaring that, you know, I think this is... This gonna, made the difference this, to you. This made the difference yeah. to me. The, the, so, so, okay. So we can both agree that 
this trade makes them more likely to win the championship this year than they did before. The way that I look at that is this is the gonna this the, like this year and next year probably are gonna be the two, you know, two best chances the Brooklyn Nets have to win a championship for the next 20, 30 years. You have to get like like that's not even like a knock on the Brooklyn Nets. That's how the league works, right? Like it, they you don't just like pull this off, trade all your first round. Like you have to you have to go all in on winning a championship now, or you could come to regret it, right? And if they win even you know one championship, it doesn't have to be a dynasty. If they win one championship, every first round pick they gave up is worth it. Yeah, that's what it comes down you, you to. See that's that the Cleveland. ultimate goal. You see yeah. that in Cleveland right now. Exactly. Um, the picks, it's always a risk. And Brooklyn Nets are Brooklyn Nets fans are scarred by the fact they gave up picks for Paul Pierce and Kevin it's Garnett. It's scary right? that it's the same franchise. Exactly. <laughs> right? So, so it's dangerous. Personally, I'm of the opinion that for most of the for most of the trading picks for superstars, I think picks are highly over. It's like, whoa, they got four first round draft picks. Yeah. It's like, bro, the first two were gonna be in the late twenties. What are you like, why, why is that yeah. valuable? I mean, and, and, maybe, and the other one, they, they got four picks. One of them is next year's from the Bucks, which is going to yeah, be... Yeah, they didn't even give up their own, which is, which yeah. Is be, and and the Cavs were the one who traded them that. So they didn't... So the, the Nets gave up three first-round picks and four pick swaps, and the Cavs gave up a first-round pick. Yeah. So they didn't give up four first-round picks, four pick swaps, and Jared Allen and Karis Levert, right? They only gave up three of the first-round picks. That's, also, that's another also thing to be clear, they are probably going to keep their draft pick where the Houston Rockets are also going to keep their draft pick. I would imagine they wouldn't swap for the first, like, two or three years. Well, I don't know when the pick swaps are. There's a chance that... I know there some of the pictures are as late as, like, 2027. So the pick swaps might be, like, five years from now. Um, and so if if at any point, like, you know, one gets traded and the two other two walk or whatever, like, the, the Houston Rockets are sort of betting on the Brooklyn Nets downfall, um, does history which is interesting. It, does history yeah. repeat itself? I don't know. No, but but I I think if you're the I think if you're the Rockets, it's a risk you have to take. Uh, sorry, if you're the Nets, it's a risk you have to take. I agree. We'll see them in the NBA Finals this year potentially. I agree. Talk about the Rockets. Yeah, the Houston Rockets. This was shocking. the The entire year, for whatever reason, I never actually pictured James Harden not being on the Rockets. I don't know what it was. Even mm-hmm. even as the rumors came out. I mean, this is coming from the guy who said that LeBron would stay in Cleveland and that Kevin Durant would stay on the Warriors. You have more faith in the players than you I'm should, a, apparently. I'm afraid of change. Yeah. <laughs> I am not super opposed to the package that the Rockets got back. Um, mm-hmm. To clarify, it was like four first-round picks, four pick swaps, and I, I think they got Karis LeVert, but then they trade that for Victor Oladipo. So something along the lines of that. The... One thing that I am very hesitant about is I'm personally a fan of when when you're training for a superstar, I want to get a superstar young player. So yeah. like, if you picture the NBA and you have your superstars, then you just picture guys aged 1 to 25 years old and you have the superstars within that region and that those are guys like Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson, whatever. Most notably for this situation, Ben Simmons. Yeah, and so... I would have preferred for them to get back Ben Simmons. I I kind of agree. You, even if that sacrifices one or two of the first round picks, you know. I kind of agree. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I'm keep referencing the Zach Lowe article because it because it got into sort of like the theoretical things that like the average fan doesn't have access to, but like he knows a little bit more about the situation. He said he thought he he basically said that he was sure that the that Ben Simmons would be a, a Houston Rocket right now. 
if the if the Rockets wanted him. Like a like a the essentially the 76ers would have done like a one for one James Harden for Ben Simmons if if that worked money wise, right? But the 70 but the Rockets wanted draft compensation and other players on top of Ben Simmons to match James Harden. There's a chance that it came down to Tyrese Maxey, which people are talking about, um, because that was one of the rumors was that the that the Rockets wanted to center around Tyrese Maxey and Ben Simmons. If you don't know, Tyrese Maxey has played like four games for, <laughs> for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's a rookie, and in those four games, he has been very good. Yeah, uh, he's a point guard, I believe. They drafted of... him at like he's from Kentucky. They drafted oh, yeah. him. Um, they drafted him like 20th or 21st. Dude, I and I. On draft night, before the Knicks drafted Emmanuel quickly, I was like, "Oh, like only a few more picks until us." Like, is Maxi still there? Yeah. Like, I, I was, I was a fan. Well, th- quickly went to Kentucky too, so shout out yeah, to him for that. Hopefully, exactly. hopefully he makes the same jump. But, uh, you know, if you're the if you're the Seventy Sixers and you let this trade go by, I I'm a little disappointed in them to be honest. Um, I would have thought Daryl Morey would have done something crazy because yeah he like, like okay so so basically if it fell apart because the 76ers didn't want to give up ben simmons and tyrese maxi they didn't want to give up both of them i'm frustrated with the 76ers like for their own sake um yeah like how good is tyrese maxi really gonna be it, like because like, tyrese maxi because apparently doc rivers has a ton of faith in him and like is really high on him and, and so is daryl Morey, but he's never gonna come anything close to james harden i like you know hope you maybe like you know, tweets at me one day if I'm wrong, but like, <laughs> like it's such an absolutely st- like tiny percentage of NBA players become James Harden caliber, right? And, and so, but I would also argue a tiny, tiny, tiny percent of first round picks, especially yeah, exactly not lottery first round picks, also become James Harden, or, which is why or, or Ben Simmons, yeah, exactly, or Ben Simmons, like very That's few, why, yeah. very few first round picks become you know all NBA players, and Ben Simmons is all NBA player at age like I don't know twenty four or twenty five. I I agree. Like I I think if you could even get from the 76ers, let's say it's it's Ben Simmons, two first round and two first round picks, and then like some salary guys who like make it match. Yeah, he's twenty four right? years old. The chances are that even if you got you know like if you use those four first round picks. Some of them are going to be in the twenties, and then you like use two of the pick swaps, and it like helps you out a little bit. Like if the Nets are like mediocre down the line, and like the pick swaps end up being like okay for the Rockets, but not great. Um, like that's not that like the chance that you get a Ben Simmons caliber cornerstone player, somebody that you can build your franchise around from then on, are not high. Are not high. Ben Simmons was the first overall pick, right? In, in and there's always a chance that in the 20s you hit on a guy like Tyrese Maxey. The odds aren't good. Like that's not you know like it's a surprise when you do that. And, and so to so to get eight of those picks and then be like you know hoping like cross your fingers hoping it works out isn't a great strategy in my opinion. And then the other thing is so maybe you're like okay well maybe they don't use all the picks. Maybe they flip up some of them for the next superstar that comes available. Sure, that's a possibility, but. You're looking at a superstar that's available. Yeah. You are looking at Ben Simmons. Like the chances that you get another superstar who's as good as Ben Simmons, who's available in the trade market, also not that high. And even if there is one, guess who has two times, three times more first round picks than you, even after this trade? The Thunder and the Pelicans. <laughs> so as as much draft compensation as the Rockets got, if Ben Simmons was on the table, 
I think that the ideal move for both teams would have been the James Harden for Ben Simmons swap with whatever else you need to make that work. Some of you may be thinking, guys, you're completely overrating how good Ben Simmons is. He can't hit a jump shot, and his half-court yeah. offense is objectively inconsistent and underwhelming at sometimes. I would say, dude, appreciate the full game of basketball. Yeah, no. Um, ben Simmons is already at 24 years old. He's an all-NBA player and an all-defensive player. Easily a top-20 player, perennial all-star. Yeah. He's going to be an all-star every year he's healthy for the next six years. Yeah. No, and, and see, the thing, the thing that it, so the criticism is about his jump shot. Name one other thing like about his, about his game that you don't like. That's it. That's it. Like you, like you can criticize his jump shot all day. That's the only weakness in his game. And he's twenty four, right? So like, give him a, like give him a moment. Give him some credit. And if he's in any other situation, you know, besides where the best player on the team is a is a post dominant you know big man who like needs the ball inside. Like, give him a team where it's built around him. I, I That would be scary, I think. And, and so the, the counter-argument is, oh, you know, like, that's hard to do. Build the perfect team around Ben Simmons. Yeah, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. You know, oh, it might take years. You have years. Ben Simmons <laughs> is 24, you know? Like, like it doesn't have to be overnight. I think it's just weird how the Rockets are in this sort of in-between stage where they've gathered all these first-round picks, but then they flip Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo, and they still got John Wall and Boogie Cousins, and they didn't trade P.J. Tucker, who is also unhappy like James PJ Harden. P.J. Tucker, Tucker's going to be gone within a week. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> but and, and then now you have like Christian Wood. The Rockets are just like a band of misfits, and it's like they yeah. have all these first It's just like so weird, let's and go, I think let's go you want to start your rebuild, and this is only half doing that. Let's go through the depth chart here. The Houston Rockets depth chart is point guard John Wall, shooting guard Victor Oladipo, small forward Danwell House, power forward P.J. Tucker, but... He's not going to be with this team long term. And then you have Christian Wood at the center. Now off the bench, you have you have Eric Gordon, you have Ben McElmore, you have uh, Demarcus Cousins. That's like not a horrible bench. No, I think that assuming they get something for PJ Tucker and they don't just have a hole of power forward, I think this team could totally be the eight seed. Yeah. Another interesting thing is is. The, what they whatever they do for PJ Tucker will be telling. If they try to tr- if they trade PJ Tucker for like some late first round pick to like a contending team, um, or if they trade PJ Tucker for like another win now piece, that that'll say something. Because if you do if you go out and do the the picks thing, it's like okay, well they just are trying to be the the, the Pelicans and the Thunder and get all these picks, and so this trade makes sense instead of doing the 76ers one. If they go out. And they get a win now piece in in place of uh, in place of the the pick for for PJ Tucker. Well, then I think you're going to say, isn't Ben Simmons also a better win now piece than pick? So either way, I think there's an argument to be made that Ben Simmons would have been the better trade. Prediction wise, I think they'll trade PJ Tucker for you know just a, a win now player who just wants to be there because PJ Tucker doesn't want to yeah. be there because they traded Karis Levert for Victor Oladipo. And Victor Oladipo is 28 years old, so he's not he's not ancient. He'll be good. He'll, he won't like regress for the next few years. Victor Oladipo. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's not going to get better. He's he's never going to really be an All Star for you, especially in the no, Western I mean, Conference. His peak will be the the All NBA player that we saw two years ago. Yes, but they traded Karis Levert away for him. Which, by the way, I just googled Karis Levert's age. I expected him to be like 24. He's 26. Um, 
yeah. which is a little shocking. I think he stayed in college at Michigan yeah. for more than you know. That's more always, than a couple that's of always years. a little disappointing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, like Damian Lillard's like thirty-one right now. No, which and, is and that's a, that's the same thing. Is people are, are I've heard a couple people say like you know why would why would the uh, like Karis LeVert still has this upside, and so like why would the Rockets trade this guy with like a lot of upside? And to some extent, that's true. Like, I, I you know, Karis Levert's a little bit younger, and I, it's, I'm kind of using my own argument against me, which is that, like, the Rockets are, like, a little bit weirdly old still. Um, I, but, I, I would have kept Karis Levert if I'm yeah, the Rockets. No, I mean, Karis Levert still has more room to improve than Victor Oladipo. But at the same time, it, it's like, the only the only jump that we're going to see from Karis Levert at this point will be, one, because of increased opportunity, not because he's still getting better. That's that's fine. That's, you, that's seen, fine. We've yeah. seen him not have opportunity except in the bubble where he dropped like twenty seven a game. But the only problem is that he's been inefficient this year. Like even as even having other offensive weapons around him or even having the ball in his hands. Has he been could, inefficient? Yeah, he hasn't been shooting well this year. Um or at least early in the season he wasn't. Um But so 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 there's a chance that like with increased opportunity in the Pacers, um, now he's been playing better this year. He's, he's than last year. Yeah, yeah he's averaging the same numbers, a little bit better efficiency. Okay, I, I I just know he started off the season cold. That like not I haven't you know like been been diving into Karis Levert on Basketball Reference. Big but, fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But How do you wear that jersey. <laughs> I, I I think I think for the Pacers you win the Karis Levert for Victor Oladipo swap because Victor Oladipo it seemed like was gonna just walk in for agency this summer anyway. Um, yeah, because they he wanted a bunch of money. He wanted like twenty. He wanted like, a max. He wanted like yeah. over twenty million dollars a year. Where if he continues to play like he's been playing this season, he's probably worth like I don't know, like fifteen ish maybe. But he no, he's worth more. If you think about like Gordon Hayward getting thirty, you know, but he like, doesn't deserve that either. <laughs> Gordon Hayward doesn't either. But Gordon Hayward's worthy of you know like twenty three at least, right? So 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 is Victor. So is uh, Victor Oladipo. Yeah. I don't know. Like he's worth way more than fifteen. It's, you know, you just have to put it in the context of what other people are getting. Joe Harris got twenty, so like he got overpaid too. <laughs> but but people overpay to keep their players is the point, right? So if the if the Pacers wanted to keep him, they were going to have to pay him close to thirty, probably maybe more than thirty a year, thirty mil a year. Um, so so okay, so the Pacers do this so that they don't have to pay Oladipo, and because he didn't seem that happy there anyway. Why did the Rockets flip Karis Levert for Victor Oladipo? Probably because Victor Oladipo is a little more proven, um, it, it, but but at the same know, time man. it's it's a, it's a roll of the dice because he's two years removed from the All NBA thing and he's had this leg injury. But also, if you're the Rockets, why do you want proven instead of potential? Um, and I think there's potential in the fact that Karis Levert has never been like a top scoring option. He's always been behind you know other top scorers. Yeah, I feel like. Karis Levert and Christian Wood are very much on the same timeline, whereas I feel mm. like Victor Oladipo and J- someone like John Wall are on are also on the same timeline. But those timelines are a little different, you know. Karis Levert and Christian Wood are guys who have shown flashes, and in a bigger opportunity, they would just you know they wouldn't necessarily become better, but in a, in a bigger opportunity with more volume, they would contribute a lot more to a basketball team. Whereas John Wall and Victor Oladipo have been through the ring. They're like 28, 29 years old. And you know what you're going to get with them. John Wall's 30. Victor Oladipo's 28. So The only other piece of the puzzle that we haven't really hit on is Jared Allen to the Cavs. Which just means the Cavs are instant winners. They flip the, the Bucks pick for Jared Allen. Huge W. Like that, that's kind of what because, that's kind of all it is. Because you you weren't gonna get 
you likely, especially the Cavs... Who, you weren't going to get a, a, a yeah. Jared Allen caliber player at the 25th at, yeah, like, overall pick or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah. or if you do, he's not going to give you better than Jared Allen, so you might as yeah. well just not... You might as well mitigate the risk. The only the only downside is the Cavs now have Larry Nance, Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, JaVel McGee, and Jared Allen. That's a lot of big men. That's a starting lineup worth of big men. That's, That's a lot of big men. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Saw, I saw something I saw something where it's it like, was stadium speak. Yeah, on Instagram. Where, you, yeah. where you have like Larry Na- like center Larry Nance run the point guard because he's a good passer. You have Kevin Love who's a who's a power forward run the shooting guard because he's a good shooter. Um Obviously not going to do that, yeah. but but like you could do a starting five of those five guys, and and that's the problem is they're all all five of them are starting caliber bigs, and they're all like power forward or centers kind of exclusively. Like they shouldn't play anything else. I don't know, dude. You could pr- you probably flip them for firsts. Yeah. Okay. So then the next question is, are is is Jared Allen going to be coming off the bench again like he did for the beginning of this season? In which show that's kind of disappointing because I'm rooting for Jared Allen personally. I think he's. A very good defensive player and runs runs the court really well. He's got good hair. The good news is he fits the Sexland and Okoro timeline really well. <laughs> she said that with the straight face. <laughs> Are you not supposed to say with this? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's Sexland. It's what it's what they're called. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Sexland. Um, yeah. So so he, I mean, Jared Allen is a better fit for Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and Isaac Okoro than Andre Drummond or Kevin Love is, for example. Um, so I think that's good, uh, but the question now then is, okay, so the the Cavaliers are probably gonna have to pay Jared Allen, but I'm sure they're cool with that. That's worth it. And then lastly, what do you do with the, what do you do with the four other big? You know, like you have a lot of other big men. So I don't know. Cavs are still winners. 76ers are losers. <laughs> the the Nets got better and increased their their odds of a championship, which you have to do in our opinion. 76 or sorry the the Rockets might have made the wrong choice they might have made the wrong choice but the Brooklyn Nets in my opinion definitely made the right choice but the Rockets did get enough as in like they they got enough draft compensation where like they got enough value for James Harden but it's do you pick the draft picks or do you pick the young star only time will tell yeah exactly thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Floor and Bay podcast we hope you enjoyed if you're listening on YouTube like and subscribe we're also on Spotify and Apple. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Gion. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout out to the Brooklyn Strip Clubs.